All right, welcome to this week's HP HQ podcast, but it's no longer just called the HP HQ podcast, Webby. It's called now Person Garage HP HQ podcast. How good? Yeah, good. Isn't it great to have those guys on board? Absolutely. I mean, this is a uh, podcast about all some of the you know best car guys around our scene and beyond. And, you know, we have some exciting things planned for, you know, now in 2021 as well. To have Burson on just makes things awesome. Yeah, look, it's like we just said, it's great to have them on board, but they're also on board for some nights and some of our other events. So, yeah, a really great progressive company and and just really good in our industry. And so you guys out there, support Burson. Absolutely. And this is a great progressive podcast. Every week we keep bringing the... (laughs) Keep bringing the heat, which is really good. Tonight we've got a very yeah, special, yeah. very special guest on. He's a. Uh, we want you to listen to every word he says because this guy's been around forever. Webby, give us a bit of insight. Yeah, uh, I don't know whether he'd like you say he's been around forever, <laughs> <laughs> but he has done a lot, a lot of things, and that's Jeno, which is better known. Oh, Glenn Jennings, better known as Jeno. He had what I would consider probably the best car collection in Australia. And wow. even a, a really world-class car collection. He had up to 100 cars at one at one stage in Newcastle, and, and his museum was called Lost in the 50s. He used to have great Christmas parties and the, uh, great open days every month. And it was what was pretty special about that was that every car was quite unique in in its own way, and also his memorabilia was just was stunning. He had so much memorabilia stuff I'd never even seen. Coca-Cola. He had a full Elvis Presley collection, which he bought intact from you from uh, wow. Las wow. Vegas. So, and just, I hear yeah, he, very, I hear very he rubbed shoulders with a few few uh, famous people along the way for his for, <laughs> for his work. So. Yeah, absolutely. He also heads up uh, has headed up for quite a few years one of the, the probably the biggest uh, security company in in Australia. He does he's done all the ANZ stuff in quite a few other places and exciting he's, uh, events. Good, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. From rugby league, grand finals, Herring Rise through right up to ACDC, who he calls them his friends. So uh, how good's that? How good's, <laughs> how good's that? that? So, so stick around for that chat because it's it's a good one. He's also Tim Zoos, the boxer who's going to fight tomorrow night. He's his uh, promoter, or not promoter, sorry. He's his manager, hey, right? He's manager and really looks after him. It just yeah. really looks out for the kid because he was really, really close with his dad, Oscar, yeah. and spent a lot of time with him. And so... And that game is, uh, if you can get surrounded by good people, it's unique. And, and Glenn is uh, one of those good people. So I guess you could say he's, he is his promoter in a sense. He wants the best for yeah, Tim, no yeah, doubt. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, very much so. All right, perfect. After that, we've also got uh, you and Rach again back for Shop Talk. I think we're up there. Yeah, we Yep. Five or six? No, we're on five, five mate. Five. Ah, five. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so we're about halfway through and, and we're up to pretty much where, what we're doing on that vehicle, where we're working on it, uh, doing the body work, and that's, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. And Rach, yeah, she's just such a, such a great girl. She is a legend, legend. And she she's, she's so young. Imagine she's got so much to achieve in the next 20, 30 years in this, in this game. It's going to be unbelievable, right? My goal through all the things I've done and achieved is to bring young people through, and I tell you, I, I didn't even envisage somebody just so unique as Rach. I mean, she's, yeah. she's just the best. I love her. Absolutely, absolutely. Then we got Benny Benz in the Mad Quiz. Won't tell you the guest yet. Yep. You'll have to stick around. I don't love him. <laughs> <laughs> he is an idiot, but he's a good bloke, <laughs> and he's here for the long haul. So you know what do we do? <laughs> I, All right. I just hope he, I hope he doesn't do a uh, too too big as come out too much for Christmas. That's what I'm worried about. Well, <laughs> who knows, mate? He, apparently, he's sleeping over my place this Christmas. He's got to stay. He's got a bunk bunker here. So who knows? <laughs> there you go. Another little special treat tonight is we got Phil Kerjean on the podcast, sort of. So I spent a little <laughs> bit of time with Phil at his uh, at his workshop and in his his man cave, which is something else. So tonight's yeah. just going to show you like a little quick five minutes of that, and then the rest of it will be on uh, YouTube uh, coming soon. So that's going to be really cool. It could be coming this Thursday, actually. A little little uh, IT tech. Super Summonats guy just said through the uh, old microphone, earphones, headphones, whatever it is, <laughs> whatever they are. Check it out. A couple yeah. of minutes of teaser tonight, and then that, that video is going to be coming out on Thursday night. So stick around yeah. for that on Thursday. Great. Give the teaser tonight. Phil, super dude. 
He's got a burnout masters in him one day, doesn't he, Webby? Surely. He he definitely has. And uh, he like you said, he's a great guy, really good yep. to talk to, been around a long time, knows the scene well, well liked in the scene. Yeah, and and uh, it was interesting when we're doing the podcast uh, over the last period of time that uh, nearly everybody wanted him to win a masters. So yeah. 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 And if you, yeah, absolutely. And he's a super dude. So look forward to that. All right. Let's get on with the show. Let's get on with it. Let's go. All right, this is a bit of a special treat for everyone this week. We're going to have a chat with one of Summonat's favourite mates. Let's go knock on the door and say good day. This was like a Burke's Backyard type thing, you know? Who's going to answer? Hey, Mr. Bennis, what's going on? What's going on, mate? Someone's been uh, blowing a few tyres off, eh? This is a customer I've done some work on about a year ago, two years ago. Done some brake lines and bits and pieces on him. This one's a bit of a poor project, eh? Um, I'm probably going to get this one done for next year. A lot of people have heard about the smoking, what we call the smoking rhubarb. Hello, can I speak to uh, Andy Lopez, please? Yeah, here you go, mate. Put some more events on, mate. Some of that slam, some of that's rev rock and roll, rocky nuts, red center nuts, and. I've got a top fuel slick from the States um, from 2008 when I first went to the States to watch um, to go to SEMA and watch NHRA for the first time and um, I actually managed to buy one of the Kalitta Motorsports, like Doug Kalitta's top fuel slick off one of his cars. Thanks for having me out mate. Thanks for coming out mate. Cheers, appreciate it. Good to catch up with you in the rhubarb. Absolutely mate, it's a bit of a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a walk through time of your career. And, and um, all your friends and everything like that? Yeah, you can... Oh, there's so many stories, you just keep talking and talking and... The walls talk, don't they? There's so many and then, like... And then, you know what? Then them stories have other stories and it just, <laughs> it just keeps going. Summonats is heading back to Canberra in 2021 as the Rare Spares Summonats Rev Rock and Roll kicks down the door and lights up the pad at Exhibition Park. Entries. They will go on sale December 1. Spectator tickets on sale in January. Bring your ride to Epic for one huge long weekend in March with most of the same ingredients that make Summonats so special. Join in on the annual city cruise. Party hard on Skid Row. Get them gleaming in the hunt for the grand champion and get those tyres off on the burnout pad where we'll crown the 2021 Burnout Masters Champion. In line with COVID-19 restrictions, capacity is extremely limited, which means once we've sold out, that's it. If you don't want to miss your spot at this Summonats homecoming party, make sure you get your entry in this Tuesday, December 1. 2021's going to be mad. Because Summonats is mad. Mad. Ah, you thought I was gone. The Burnout Masters game has a new update. There's a new pro car, Loose Q, a new level, Tropical Meltdown, new cars, HQ Wagon, BA Ute, and an XP sedan. There's also new engines in Full On and LS1. And there's four new tyre compounds which completely change the game. Get the Burnout Masters update, get the game on your phone, and start smashing tyres. Smashing tyres, man. Rev Rock and Roll kicks into exhibition. Rocks and Rolls. Rock and Roll. Yeah. Rev Rock and Revs and Skids. Spares Exhibition Park. Spares. Oh, oh, mate. We'll get it. We'll get it. Calm down. This is almost like a shit ad. Even when I try and make good ads, I make shit ads. We're good. All right, ready? <laughs> The Rare Spares Summonats Rev Rock and Roll kicks down the door and lights up the pad at Exhibition Park. We did it. All right. Tonight on HP HQ, got a really good mate of mine, 
Glenn Jennings, but more than that, he's actually probably one of the most uh, travelled and well-credentialed guys I know. So welcome aboard, mate. Good to see you, Webby. Thanks for the invite, mate. <laughs> G'day, good. G'day, mate. How are you? Good. So just, just a little Sorry. bit of your background. Obviously, we're going to go through all this, but... Uh, uh, I also want to talk to you about, I personally think you had the best car collection in Australia, definitely, if not the world or one of the best. Some of the cars you had, we'll go into that. You um, have been security boss at ANZ Stadium and a few other places, but some of the concerts and uh, people you've done there, it's just amazing. So I want to touch on that. And then some people may know, some people may not, you managed Costa Zoo for many a year, and now you're doing Tim, his son. So... I was, if we could touch on all that stuff tonight, it'd be really cool. Yeah, no problem. Happy to have a chat. Yeah, awesome. So uh, as I just say there, you're a really interesting guy. And uh, I just wanted to first touch on your on your cars. You had a most unbelievable museum called Lost in the 50s up around Newcastle. And uh, as every nearly every car there was had something special about it, didn't it? Yeah, it was... Uh... It was a lifelong passion and still is for me to this day. Uh, about about at the time I unloaded the museum two years ago, it was about 35 years of buying those cars from uh, the United States and bringing them in. And uh, about eight years we had the doors of the museum open and uh, had a wonderful time with it. But like everything, as you get older, times change and you, you move on with grandkids and other things you want to do with your life. But I always be a car guy. I still got about 20 cars tucked away here that I enjoy, but uh, at the at the peak of the museum, we had about 150 cars, all Americans, wow. and like you said, all all uh, had a special something about them, and that took a lot of a lot of collecting and a lot of um, a lot of fun, a lot of adventures. Yeah. I think <laughs> I'm up to about 115 or 116 trips to the United States, something like that. Wow, wow. That, that's yeah. unreal, isn't it? So you obviously had good contacts over there who were either looking for cars or sourcing or just helping you find stuff? Absolutely, and still to this day, some great mates all across America, and they still, to this day, two years on, still send me stuff and, are you interested? And I try to explain that I'm I'm not <laughs> uh, in the museum anymore, and I don't know what it is. I think they're all a bit... Brain dead from the yeah. from the uh, from the uh, election. <laughs> yeah, from COVID the in the election. <laughs> I, I know this is a bit of a crazy question. There's two things I want to ask you. Obviously, your memorabilia. You had a a whole collection. You, I think you bought out of Vegas of Elvis. Like that just blew my yes. mind. So much stuff. But your memorabilia. But what was um, sort of your favourite bits of memorabilia you had there? Oh gosh, you know when yeah. we when we went to when we went to auction the auctioneer at first thought it was a scam. I sent him some photos and I said, would you be interested in having a look at putting this stuff under the hammer? And he thought I was a scammer. He came yeah. back and he said, there's no way one bloke can own that much memorabilia. And I said, well, it's true. And he ended up, he came up and spent multiple uh, open days with us pre-auction, yeah. but we had to do a rough head count. Uh, and it took us a while. We were just under 10,000 pieces uh, that we collected over all of those years. And as you know, you've seen it plenty of times. I think it took us something in the vicinity of about 34 hours on the auction block to move it all. Um, right. And it all went, Webby, the amazing part for me, uh, I never had any doubt. I, I always knew that the museum uh, cars and memorabilia uh, had had an impact on people because over those eight years you, just, yeah. you got that reaction and that feeling. Definitely. And so when it went to auction, um, we had unbelievable uh, response and we had bidders from worldwide literally all over the world, bidding on the cars and the memorabilia. And amazingly, uh, every single item, every car and every piece of memorabilia sold. And so over a very short period of time, like a, like a cyclone, it was gone. Yeah. And that was very sad for me because one day it was there and then it was gone. Mm-hmm. And that took a little while for me to get used to the fact oh, that that lifelong collection yeah. was gone. But it's nice. I've kept in touch with a lot of the owners of the cars and um, they stay they're, they're, and some of them are overseas and a lot of them around Australia. So it's nice to be able to have that relationship and know the cars are being well looked after. But it's great also to see them out on the road again, which is part yeah. of the reason why it was time to let them go. No, no yeah. doubt, though, before you, uh, before you got sold them off or auctioned them off, you did a walk around and go, well, that one's staying it's true. Look at Webby; he's getting excited. I picked, because I <laughs> you did. The cars he was going to keep. He bloody well did too, and he was bloody near on the dollar. 
Um, and funnily enough, uh, what I actually had to do was once I had decided on the cars I was going to keep, I actually brought them home. So they were never down there on view and never, never, uh, nobody even got the, uh, the chance to look at them as an auction item. Yeah. He, yet that Bonneville is, as you know, is one of my favourites. He's had a two-tone green Bonneville. That is a awesome yeah. car. Yeah, yeah, still my favourite car. I did ask that all the all those years at the museum. That car, uh, there's probably three that sit high with me, maybe four, but that car, the split-window Corvette yeah. and the uh, 57 Cadillac Eldorado Beeritz convertible, yeah. they are special cars. And they, they I ended up building a little... Um, lost in the 50s uh, at home for my grandson because he missed the museum terribly. Okay. So we've got a little a little shed that holds four cars and it looks just – I kept some of the wall stuff and we made a little version for him, so that's his hanging out. Yeah, did, you, did you drive a lot of the cars a lot of the time, Glenn, as well? Mate, I, I did, but um, it does reach a time and any of the guys that have a few cars will attest to this that yeah. there's not enough hours in the day. And yeah. Correct. The museum format was so busy that by the time I'd done an open day, which was only once a month, and by the time we'd put them all away again, I didn't want to see them again until I had to yeah. unwrap them again for the next open day. And it used to just go by in a flash. Yeah. But uh, I, I mean, always did you're best. busy. you're busy working with on the security business as well. That's so, right. Yeah. And sometimes I'd be away for months at a time on different tours and stuff. So it was it was, it was was fun, but it was an awful lot of hard work. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, I'm 57 now and, you know, a couple of knee replacements square you up when it comes to pushing them big <laughs> two-and-a-half-tonne Americans around. <laughs> hey, just for, uh, again, for people out there listening to this, um, one, one interesting car, obviously, because it was a Batmobile, uh, and I think it was one of the early ones of George's, yep. but you, we actually used that car and we brought George into the into Motorex in that car, didn't we? Wasn't that unreal? We did. We did, and... Uh, God love him, George. That was one of the – wasn't that long after that we lost him, but uh, we had a couple of wonderful days with him and he loved that car and I got some great photos and I actually forwarded yeah. a lot of those photos on to the new owners and uh, they're in Sydney. They're car collectors in Sydney and they've got a, a nice uh, collection. I think on the day those guys spent a lot of money. I think they bought about six cars and then came oh. back and bought uh, about a million bucks worth of memorabilia. So they spent a lot of money and um, – they just love it. They're, bat, they're Batmobile, Batmobile fiends for the rest of their lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a – I mean, like that is such an iconic car and that was one of the good ones because, I mean, there's been so many different ones yeah. made over the years, but that was a really – that was a genuine, genuine yeah, replica, it was, wasn't it? Was, it? it was a beautiful replica. It was handmade yeah. by a, a young fella in Atlanta over five years and I got hold – I was lucky enough to get hold of that car just coming on completion. So mm-hmm. uh, a couple of little personal things added and then – uh, and brought it to Australia and had it for a long time. And it was a, it with the uh, Back to the Future DeLorean were two of the sort of movie cars and the Eleanor in the museum that everybody loved. Mm. It's, and that's interesting, isn't it? That in Australia, a lot of people don't really get it. But when you travel to the States a lot, you realize that they're such iconic cars, those cars, and they build really good replicas. Like Keith Dean now, he's building the Grease replica. Yes. And just all those cars. Monkey, that, monkey mobile. Yeah, all those type of cars. So, so they're all recreating them, aren't they? Yeah. They are. And, and there is there is a, a big swing over the last probably five years towards this nostalgia that comes out of that period in America because America is a bit of a dark place at the moment, as you know. It's not, mm. uh, We've been travelling there for 40 years and we've I've seen it progressively deteriorate. And sadly, with everything that's going on over there, they've got some problems. So if you can find a, a reason to, to go back to a better time and a better place, yeah. then that era gives that yeah. to them. So whenever there's a movie car display on, you're guaranteed of a sellout crowd in America. Yeah. And that's what I tried to create here in Australia with the museum. It was all about uh, if, if you're having a miserable week at work, you can come to my place on a Sunday and yeah. if you don't walk out with a big smile on your place, you really don't even have a pulse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm. And I remember you saying that to me, and I thought, how true! Like, if you just if you're a bit down, jump in one of these cars, listen to some '50s, '60s music, just and yeah, you're, you're back on sure. it again, aren't you? Yeah. What gave you that passion, Glenn? For that? Yeah, uh, it was that, a simple time. Of, of what, what gave you the passion for that era of car and that that sort of that the oh, that memorabilia? Was it? You know, that's it. Yeah, that's a great question, you know. I, I was a, a matchbox car kid. 
Yeah. And so I grew up with uh, the, the Matchbox car collection, uh, of which I'm fortunate enough, many years ago now, probably going on 30 years ago, I stumbled across an obscure little auction out in the backwoods of America. And this old couple had uh, a series of Lesney Matchbox cars still in the box, had never been taken out, one wow. through 75. Wow. And I managed to get them and, I, and I've kept them and they're in a, a uh, temperature-controlled glass display. And that was, for me, I think, the thing, sitting at home as a young kid watching all the American TV shows, you looked outside at the Australian cars of the day and then you looked at the American TV cars and it was chalk and cheese. Yeah. So there was an immediate attraction. And, and I went to America very young. I was there at, uh, at 18 um, and I was hooked. And so yeah. the, the adventure began. And, and I just found that there was a, seemed to be a niche for people that really enjoyed the odd stuff that I brought in more so than the yeah. mainstream. So you'd bring in the Mustangs and you'd bring in the Corvettes. But then I'd bring in a Studebaker or a Hudson and people would just go mad. They'd say, what yeah. the hell is it? Yeah. And so there was a niche there. So I went looking for memorabilia with a single sort of theme to it all was find something that you won't find anywhere else in Australia. Yeah. And, the, and the museum had some of the most bizarre things, but they were just eye catchers and it was captured an era that uh, when America was a superpower and at its best, you know. And mm. we've lost that and we'll probably never see it again. But uh, it's a great time to go back to, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mate, this I mean, I could talk about that all night, but I want to get on to uh, your, another part of your life, which was you head, headed up a huge security company, obviously, and you were yeah. that, that done, I know, done all the stuff at ANZ right from the beginning, didn't you? Right when it opened. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, uh, my company, NES, if ever you watch any of those major events, you see all those yellow vests around the stadium. They're my guys taking yeah, care yeah. of people. And yeah. we just quietly go about taking care of business. I mean, at, at our biggest, we had seven of the big stadiums running in one year. Uh, and unfortunately, that's that's unachievable in, a, in an industry driven by sheer manpower. Some of our shows are 600 guards. So you can imagine multiplying that by, you know, two, three or four stadiums on the same night. It's a big stretch of manpower. So yeah. we, we, we've calmed it all, pulled it all back down. Today we've got, we look after the two, the two uh, specials in Sydney, ANZ we've been at, and the Bankwest Stadium at Parramatta, and, and we are the consultants for Optus Stadium in Perth. But the beauty of, of the stadiums is that it introduced me very early in my business career to some of the biggest promoters in the world, yeah. and they became great mates, and, and our relationship from there, uh, they would ring me and say, hey, guys, hey, Glenn, um, uh, Rolling Stones are touring uh, south, um, the South Pacific, Southeast Asia, uh, Australia and New Zealand. Can you start on this date? And there'd be, you know, 75 shows over multiple months. And so off you go and you do these tours. So I've been, very, I've been blessed to have that close working relationship with the biggest acts in the world when they come this way and um, Rolling hey, Stones. On that, one of my favourites is I know that I think it was the last big ACDC tour. Brian Johnson yeah. actually came up and had a look at your cars, didn't he? Yeah. Am I, am yeah, I allowed yeah, to say I, that? I, yeah, you absolutely are. Yeah, Brian's a great <laughs> yeah. mate, as are all the ACDC guys. I've toured with them quite a few times now, so they're great mates and, and we keep in touch. And yeah. Brian's a car guy, as you know. He's got yeah. his own car show. So he was breaking his neck. And so we had a, we had a couple of days off between a show in Sydney and so yeah, we he came up and spent a whole day, and he just he just couldn't believe that in a place like Newcastle that this existed, and that was yeah. a, that was the yeah. nice attraction. As was the case with Barry Maguire and yeah. your mate Wade Kawasaki, and all the Americans that came out and filmed the place yeah. were just flabbergasted. It just looked like a nondescript sort of a big old warehouse. Yeah, and then you open the door and bang, that Disneyland in, in Newcastle. Well, Especially so, for a bloke like Brian from Newcastle as well, no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We did laugh about that. I didn't laugh when he tried to drive me thirty-seven Ford out of the shed down the freeway. He was gone. He was taken to the He's a funny guy, Brian. Yeah. Um, one thing you said there, which was really interesting, Barry Maguire. For anybody who doesn't know, he was uh, he's the from the Maguire family, like yeah. generation and. He has more access to people and cars anywhere, probably anybody I know. Yeah, in the world. I think so. And I think he's he the was, number one light. And he was blown away, absolutely stunned by your museum, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. The lovely thing, Barry and I have become great mates, and I visit when he's over there, and he visits when he's here, and, and that's lovely. But 
the real nice thing he did for me was when he got home after that, he'd done a beautiful little video basically just telling Australia, come on, you don't know what you're missing. If you haven't been, you need to see this because these things don't last forever. Car museums don't have a, a life uh, that goes on forever. So um, on the back of that, everybody, it was like a whole new kick along for us. So I'll always yeah, right. be grateful to Barry. He's a wonderful guy and terrific yes. family man and just a brilliant, brilliant ambassador for what we do with our cars and our, uh, our hobby. 100%. And just yeah. on, um, back to your security stuff, so you do the yep. footy, the grand finals, the footy and all yes, that stuff, don't all you? all of those, yeah. yeah. yeah all the major events, uh, grand final, state of origin, um, anything that comes into town that's a, a big show will either be managing or supplying the staff. So um, I don't have a lot to do with that today. My brother Mark's been running that the security group for probably 15 years now, but more so the last five years I've stepped away a little bit to to try and enjoy. You've got to remember I've been at this since I, since I was 19 without yeah, a break. So the security business has been consistent in my life and it's been uh, it's been a lot of hard work. It doesn't mm-hmm. come easy. A lot of no a lot way. of bad days and a lot of tough days and a lot of drama. And we were we we took on Bathurst when it was at its worst, and we were there for uh, seventeen years. So you see the Bathurst that you see today. We brought in over those seventeen years a lot of a lot of stuff to make life uh, better for everybody in that yeah, event. Right. And you had it had to catch up with the times. Yeah, um, yeah. And crowd management and crowd control today is. Is a critical thing, you know. If you if you have eighty five thousand people in the stadium, it's a massive responsibility to get them in and get them home safe, especially mm-hmm. in a world that's uh, continually yeah. under the shadow of terrorism and stuff. And counter terrorism is a, a daily occurrence for us in discussion. So it's mm-hmm. not uh, it's not just throw uh, five or six hundred guys in a vest and go and do it. It's mm-hmm. a, it's it's quite intense. And then you throw COVID into the mix of that. Yeah, yeah. And trying to rebuild, like our business went from, uh, you know, the biggest in the country to literally nothing overnight mm. in March this year when COVID hit. Mm. We were fortunate that we, we were well-placed and we, uh, we, we rode it through on, on, a, on, on crumbs, basically. But we're coming out the other side There's, and everyone's got a hard luck story and we're no different, but you've got to look on the right side of things, mate. We only get one go around, so let's Absolutely. be positive and keep on moving. Yeah, I take my I take my hat off to you, Glenn. With, with no doubt, that sort of everyone that works in that security stuff, the culture bleeds down from you. You know, no doubt, and all the, and 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 all the guys up above. And because, like any event, summer ads or any event, everyone wants everyone to go home the same way they turn up, nice and safe. You know, yeah, absolutely. Because people are people are out having having fun when they're at work. They're you yeah. know thinking about these events on a Thursday. They want to get there on the Saturday and. Yeah. yeah, and we're such a yeah. great country for events too. I think you know, oh, absolutely is, mate. One of the best in the world, and I've done the events all over the world, and we yeah. are just so far in front of them in in all terms. I mean, uh, Webby's Webby's Motorex uh, shows, for example. I mean, they're, they're they are on par with the best shows I've seen in the US, which is the you know the epitome of car shows. That's where it all happens. And mm. I mean, if you if you um, if you compare our event managers to theirs, we are so far in front of them. It's ridiculous. Mm. We, we take our events to a much higher level and, and that's a wonderful thing. And, we, and hopefully we can get on the back of this COVID and get back to doing yeah. some big sellout shows. Yeah, yeah. I, again, a bit of a crazy question, but do you, do you, do you actually have a favourite or a really standout show you've done, Some somebody you really enjoy? Oh, mate, I, I love the ACDC tours. Yeah, I mean, that's I Australian so. rock yeah. and roll heritage and when yeah. you, when you, when, sometimes I'll stand there down in the pit and I'll look up and I'll see Brian and sometimes I'll give you a wink or a nudge or, or they'll <laughs> throw something at you just for fun, you know, just to, but you know what, they are, it's like just watching your mates going through the motions and then you yeah. turn around and look at a uh, an 80,000 crowd and they yeah. are just mesmerised and that's, they're yeah. one of those bands that does that and look. The other one that that was an absolute blow away for me, and it's tragic, I know, but the, Michael, I did nine weeks with Michael Jackson, and that guy was one of those artists that just had the entire audience eating out of his hand. He mm-hmm. controlled an emotional attachment to those people like no other. Mm-hmm. He could switch them on to make them cry. He could mm-hmm. make them laugh. He could make mm-hmm. them dance. And that, to me, is the ultimate performer to yeah. have that control and that ability. So, yeah, he was wonderful to work for. Bizarre, yes, as a, but yeah. just a wonderful, wonderful artist. I mean, when they're that good, they're just different. They're different they, people. They, That's what they, they are. have to be, yeah. mate. They have yeah. to be. They're, you yeah. can't be. Uh, you can't be 
what they are nah, in a normal normal. shell. Nah. It doesn't work. No, nah, nah, it doesn't work. Do you think with some of those big acts, Glenn, that being an Aussie yourself, that sort of the way we sort of all come across, you know, as Australians, does, does that, the no nonsense, or does that work good with a lot of the people? They feel a lot oh. of, you know, that works with them good? <laughs> Without a doubt, mate. It, it's it's Australia, when, when these... When these guys go out on a world tour, and I'll give an example, my mate Bobby Wine, who tours with on, around the world with ACDC, signs on for three years for a world tour. That's how long it takes from yeah. start to finish. Wow. And they might come down here and they might spend three or four months here. Now, when they get here and they've been through Europe and they've been through North America and they've been through countries like Russia and uh, the Baltic states where the security are armed with AK-47s and everything's a threat. Uh, they get down here and it's like, shit, where's the sunscreen, the board shorts? These guys have got everything under. It's just like, yeah, it's like Australia is a big holiday place. And, and that's genuinely how they see it. So they're cracking their neck to get here. Yeah. But again, go back to the fact that we do such a good job when they arrive, all of our event partners and our event managers, that they have a sense of comfort and they relax and they enjoy our country knowing yeah. that the job's going to get done. They don't yeah. get that around the world. That's a very different place. So, yeah, they love the Aussies. Is that's that why we're always on the calendar. Yeah. I was just going to say, is that the same reason why if they're going to do something in Asia or somewhere else around the world, they go, I know I can rely on Glenn and, and all that sort of stuff. And the way I'm they... sure it is. I'm sure yeah, it is. You know, you, you know what it's like. And Webby, you know what it's like. If, you, if yeah. you're doing MotorX 10 years in a row and you've got a wonderful bunch of support yeah. staff around you, whether they're you, Australian, you're you don't change it. on them. Yeah, no, you don't, change you don't. It. because that's a, it's a magic formula. And you know yeah. what? Trust in that industry is imperative. Yeah, if, you've got, uh, if you've got uh, $20 million worth of cars at MotorX, yeah. you want to be damn sure that when you guys go home at night, your security bloke 100%. is taking great care. So if you've got a good security guy, he's worth that in spades because you mm. can go home and put your head on the pillow. It's literally Imagine just going home. walking around with an axe. That's it. Yeah, exactly. oh, <laughs> Jesus. Imagine going home at night knowing that that was happening and you weren't 100% sure that your, your yeah, uh, clients' products were safe. It's yeah. worth so it's the same for me. With a, with a magnifying glass, checking all, the, checking all the paint and all the chrome work, I think. Yeah, that'd be right. Only on his car. He'd, he'd walk straight past mine. <laughs> you know what I was thinking when you were saying that about how – all those, especially the entertainers, love coming here now. I reckon they learned something back in the day, or Australia learned something from Joe Cocker and Frank, Frank Sinatra. Remember when all that fell apart? And yes. since then, I reckon they learn a lot, hey, and how to trick Well, we've got, we've got wonderful promoters, mate, and we've got promoters yeah. that have the financial backing, and that's yeah. a big thing, mate. And as you know, if you go to put on a big show, whether it be a car show or a concert or a series of concerts, it's bloody expensive, and you're throwing a ton yeah. of money out in front on the hope that you sell a ton of tickets. Yeah. So um, in the old days, some of the promoter deals were terrible where the promoters might have only got the bottom 5%, the last 5% of tickets sold went to him, the rest went to the bank. Them deals sort of change over time and the promoters nowadays do much more constructive deals with, you know, where where everybody does well. Now, if you get a good promoter and the band likes him, that band's going to come back to him year after year. Yeah. ACDC have a long relationship with the Van Egmond family, terrific yep. promoters. Yep. Um, Michael Jackson, you know, you've got Paul Dainty, you've got Michael Gadinsky, you've got all these great Chuggy. Chuggy. These guys, yeah. yeah, absolutely, Michael Chug. They're, they're, they're legends of the game and mm-hmm. they've done so much for our, our uh, concert industry and uh, we should be forever grateful that they brought those acts out here at their coin. Mm. Mm. Right, just on that, um, next, uh, not next thing, but another big thing you've done was you obviously got a great friendship with uh, Costa Zoo. That, yes. how, did that, how did that all develop? It, it, uh, it's a great story. Um, I, one of my other long-term clients, 26 years this year, is the Newcastle Entertainment Centre. And um, Costa had not long arrived in Australia. He, he, he turned pro straight after winning the World Amateur Titles in Sydney. Uh, had an opportunity to go to the Olympics and decided not to. And Bill Morty and Johnny Lewis uh, spoke with Costa and, and uh, he turned professional here in Sydney and stayed on in Sydney. Now, not long after he got here, um, he was invited to Newcastle to do a PC Police Boys Club function. And the boss of the entertainment centre who was uh, organising the event asked me to go down and pick up this little Russian guy and Johnny Lewis. Um, so I went to Newtown PCYC and there was this tiny little specimen 
sitting out the front with a rat's tail and a heap of bags and he jumped in the back of the car and Johnny jumped in the front and off we went. And he had no English, no command of the no. English language, right. uh, absolutely none at the time. And so Johnny and I were talking and he sat in the back with a set of headphones on listening to music and when we got to Newcastle, he didn't know anybody. He was here for a couple of days. So we sort of did our best to communicate and sometimes even to the point we still laugh about it. I drew, drew a couple of pictures for him so he could acknowledge what I was trying to, to say. And in a weird sort of a way, we became friends then. I was always – I was up and down to Sydney five days a week. So uh, working at ANZ and having all these NRL stadiums at Cronulla, the SCG, we had them everywhere. Um, so whenever I went to Sydney, I'd pop in and see him. I'd go and see him training and we became mates and – uh, his English got better very quickly and then he enrolled for English school. And once he got that, then off it went. So first and foremost for Costa and I, it was just mateship. And then uh, as I watched his career unfold and he very quickly climbed up to world champion status, yeah, yeah. There, there was a, a role that just came out of him ringing me and saying, I've got to travel to America a lot. Would you come with me and just keep an eye on things outside for our team and for so and so I did and that was uh, that was a wonderful ride I had like uh, 15 years with Kostya right to the very top of the tree and um, and we had a just an, an awesome ride and uh, when he retired I was happy that he retired he'd done it all he was the undisputed one of only four undisputed world champions and I had uh, an experience of a lifetime that you couldn't buy and mm. so uh, we we remain great mates to this day. He lives in Russia now. He's remarried. He's got a young family, um, and we keep in touch all the time via Zoom and uh, the internet. And um, and now uh, I was there when Timmy was born, twenty six mm-hmm. years ago. Um, I got to get on to that in a minute because I remember you even got a yellow Corvette for Costa, didn't you? That's right. That's right. <laughs> and we were talking to Tim with that. You know, Tim's a car nut too, Webby. Okay. Um, I got him another – I got Timmy a Corvette recently. But we upgraded it to a real nice uh, 69 Boss 302. Mustang. Ah. Ah, (laughs) Yeah, so we keep on moving on with the Zoo Car Love Affair. But, yes, Kostya, I got him a beautiful 68 Corvette ragtop um, that he loved and loved. And, of course, when he went back to Russia, we ended up moving that and he's Bentley on. Uh, we sold those, um, but yeah. So today it's um, it's Team Zoo Two. Yeah. <laughs> That's our name. I couldn't believe I managed, it actually. I managed him because you were telling me when you were just just getting out of lost in the fifties, uh, going to retire and going to take it easy, and then Tim's on the on the look around and Tim's around, and I'm thinking, yeah, okay, here we go again. And guess what? <laughs> yeah. Here you go again. And, and it's it's a wonderful thing, and yeah. another little great story to that. Four four years ago, last week. I had lunch with Tim and his mum in North Sydney and uh, I didn't think Tim was going to fight because we'd had a few chats, Timmy and I, and he, he wasn't sure and he was doing some other things in his life and he was he was at a bit of a crossroads. And then one day out of the blue, he calls me and uh, and then Natasha calls me that night and says, could you come and meet with Tim um, and we'll have some lunch? And I thought, oh, that's nice to do that anyway. Mm. So I went down and Timmy said, I, I, I've made a decision and I, I want your thoughts on it and I want to know, would you be involved with me if I did it? And I said, what are you thinking, mate? He said, I, I want to I turn pro. I've, um, I've got the fire back in the belly. I haven't spoken to Dad yet, but um, I want to turn pro in the next three months. And I said, I remember thinking about it at the time. It, was, it wasn't a shock. It was not what I expected. And I, mm. I asked him a question. I don't know why I asked it. I said, mate, why do you want to do that? And his answer sort of answered, and the reason we shook hands, he said, he said, I just now know I want to see just how good I can be. Mm. So it was the right answer. He wasn't going in it to try and be his father. He wasn't going in it for the money. Oh, he that, just wanted yeah. – he's one of those driven kids that uh, excels at everything he does. And so we shook hands and the adventure started and here we go next Wednesday night at Bankwest, fight number 17, undefeated, uh, and a potential world title fight for 2021. So, yeah, it's been great. Being an enjoyable well, thing to do again. I mean, I was just hats off to you to get that horn fight up and running in COVID was just in itself was awesome, wasn't it? Yes, and and our promoter Matt Rose from No Limits. Uh, Matty worked his ring off to make that happen, and um, we are the only Tim's the only fighter in the world, and we are 
the only ones that have this record that during COVID has had two will have had two sold out stadium fights whilst the rest of the world are either sitting yeah. and waiting or yeah. fighting in empty studios. Yeah. So that's wonderful and that's been a lot of hard work. But uh, for Tim, it's worth it and uh, it's certainly raised his profile today. He's now considered the face of Australian boxing. He's Australia's number one boxer and he's in the top ten ranking worldwide in all four associations and this week including Ring Magazine. So he's come of age. Once you get to the top ten in the world, you are considered to be um, in, in the A class. So where we go from here will depend upon COVID. There's a lot of places we can't go to fight, um, and it may be that we have to continue on and have a few more fights in Australia, which I'm sure the Aussie public will love. Yeah. And I'd love to do one in Newcastle just to follow Dad's yeah. footsteps and, and, and yeah. rerun that as well. I, I'm sure you're not as not surprised, but... He, I remember Costa from the first fight. He was just a machine, wasn't he? Yeah. Tim, Tim is more seems to be more measured, more structured. Yes, but, but it, would I be right in saying that? Yeah, yeah, you would. Yeah. Often yeah. get asked uh, by people, uh, "How do you compare them?" I say, "I can't compare them." No, Costa is inc- incomparable. Yeah. He was he was he a machine was a once in a lifetime, once yep. in a, a century fighter uh, with, who came out of the. Remember, he came out of the uh, the Soviet Union. Old Russia. It was a tough, mm. tough place. Came through the army, was the army champion, amateur wow. champion. He had 274 amateur fights and lost 11. Wow. And consider the the amateur system in Europe, they, those boys fought every three days against yeah. the hardest guys in the yeah. world, different yeah. to Australia. Timmy, born in Australia, grew up in the discipline of having his father, watching his father. Kostya was a disciplinarian, very much a military man at home. He uh, very one-dimensionally focused. Nothing got in Kostya's way. So the kids observed that every day. So it was it was uh, in, inbuilt into them along yeah. with some DNA that Timmy has in, uh, been blessed with from his father. Summonats would like you to know that there's some exclusive new merch available now. Cool stuff like this or this, this, and this, and this. Are we selling G-strings? What? There's also merch from previous Summonats events, Burnout Masters merch, and more. Be sure to click the Buy Now button to secure your exclusive merch. Mad Do I have to give this shirt back? Can I have a free hat? Mad So that's really good. And, um, and without yeah, smoke yeah. up yet, mate, I... You see, so many of these guys, they're just surrounded by the wrong people in so many sports. Mm. They are so fortunate to have somebody like you driving that bus, mate. So, well done. I appreciate that, mate. We've got a great team of people, a very small team, as it was with Kostya, and I'm very protective of Tim. And he's like a son to me, and it's family to me, Natasha and all the other kids. So, I take good care of them, and and I enjoy that. And I, I know that when the time comes, when Tim retires, that, I'll be able to absolutely 100% say, mate, we did everything we could have done and we had a ball doing it. And uh, I just wish him health. I wish all fighters that get into the ring that they come out with their health and uh, and they make a dollar along the way to to set them up for life after boxing. That's all you can ask for. And uh, it's a tough sport and uh, they deserve every penny they get, these kids. It must sit bloody well with Costa knowing, you know, that – you know that Tim's there with you. He doesn't have to to worry about it. it. You know, no doubt it being does. overseas is tough with with the yeah. son that wants to fight. But if he's there with you, yeah, he's... it does. It does. He we we often have those those deep chats, and he yeah. just says it's a it it makes it's a warm feeling for him knowing that uh, his boy's been looked after, and that was always a given. Costa yeah. and my relationship is will be as tight as it is until the day we go, yeah. and, and so it will be with Tim. And in boxing, that's a that's a nice thing. And as Webby said, it's not always the case. A lot of no. fighters don't have that that luxury, but uh, I'll make sure. It'll be my job until the end that Tim's well represented and well looked after and and that he follows a good path. He's a good kid and I'm not going to see success in boxing undo that. I just won't allow that to happen. I've seen the good, the bad and the ugly. I've been to the the top with Costure. I know what this sport's capable of doing and I'll make sure that um, we we represent Australia and his family with pride and, and always, always do it in a manner where people will say, geez, a good kid. And that's the best I can hope for. 
Absolutely. Mate, it's been absolutely awesome. I thank you for your time. I could spend another hour. There's a whole lot of other things I want to ask you, but we uh, that's about it for tonight. So I'd love to get you on again one day. We might get you on after he's won it, maybe when he's hit. hit um, Let's catch up for a uh, yeah. post-fight chat. It doesn't have to be a long yeah. one, but I'll be happy yeah. to come on and give awesome. you a post-chat. We might know some more news then. Yeah, uh, as awesome. to what the, what's going to happen next year. But in the meantime, I thank you guys for the offer. It's always great to get on and chat with mates and yeah. especially about things that we're all passionate about. Absolutely. Cars, you know, yeah. our, our lifestyles. Music, music, yeah, music cars, boxing. Yeah. Awesome, <laughs> it's a good life, mate. Cars. That's one thing I'll say about the car hobby, that you you have the, the choice to be surrounded by wonderful people. And uh, it's, a, it's an awesome hobby to be involved with and something that I know when they bury me, there'll be a car in the shed for my grandson to roll on with. I was just going to say, you got to get buried in. No, that won't happen. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a favourite Aussie muscle car? I know you like the American stuff. I've got have... three, mate. I've got yeah. three. And they are sort of mainstream Aussie muscle. Mm-hmm. I've got an XA Coupe. Yeah. I've got an XY GT and I've got a nice, beautiful LX 308 Fastback Toronto. Yeah, nice. Very All nice. cars that as a young teenager I used to just <laughs> dribble over, you know? Correct. And I always said when the, you know, just quietly, I've always been an American guy and not many people know I've got Aussie cars, but um, I've always, uh, always enjoyed uh, seeing those cars and, and gosh, who would have thought the market would do what it's doing today with Aussie cars? Yeah, yeah. Happy days for all those that own them and uh, and <laughs> wonderful for the, the hobby. But, yeah, it's, uh, it wouldn't matter. It could be a $5,000 banger. I'd still enjoy it. Absolutely. All right, yeah, mate. Good, stuff. good, good luck Thanks, next mate. week with Tim. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Thank you so much. Talk absolutely. soon. Absolutely. Awesome. Pleasure talking, boys. All the best. Thanks, Cheers. Mate. Appreciate it. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Alright, I'm Benny Benz and this is Mad Quiz Battle. Tonight we have Street Machine versus Summonats. Simon Telford versus Adrian Hodgson. How are we, gentlemen? Tip top roasting down here in Melbourne today. Awesome, mate. Loving, loving life, mate. Ready to go. Awesome, awesome. The way it works is I'll ask five questions. First to buzz in, gets to answer. If you get it wrong, the other person gets a free kick. Most correct answers wins. The winner will go into the big final battle where they'll win a crazy mad prize. We don't know what it is yet, but it's going to be something mad. You'll come back for it. It'll be awesome. you got to win, though. All right. So, so Ben, are, are these prizes coming out of my marketing budget? Yeah. yeah. Am, I, am I buying myself a prize if I win this? No. Apparently, you don't know about righto, it yet, mate. Righto. Righto. Yeah, Good. Something like Good. that. Great. Also, <laughs> someone uh, stole my glasses, so I stole me Mrs. Sunny's, but it doesn't matter. It's all good. All right. And her pants. Yeah, well, I'm not wearing any, so just this. It's got me lawn bowls jacket on, and I'm ready to go. All right. Telf, naturally, your buzzer is Streety. Adrian, yours is Nats. All right. Let's kick it off with question one. What year was Holden founded? Beep. Streety. <laughs> Telfo. In the early 1900s, I reckon 1923. Don't tell me, don't try and say 48 because that's not true. No. no. Founded, founded. 1919. No. Wrong. So. It was founded in 1856 as a saddlery manufacturer. There you go. Damn. All right. Jack Seaman would have known about that. He would have. Question two Who is the most recent Bathurst 1000 winner? I fell asleep. Yeah, me too. Was it the Kiwi guy? The thong? The gentle dude? All right. Forget question that. We'll go to a new question. (laughs) A new new question two, which will dip into our bonus question, but let's crack on with it. Question three. Who am I? I was born in 1963 in Santa Barbara, California. I'm an automobile designer and a television host. I have one that written. Adrian. Chip Foose. Bingo. You got it. Yeah. Nicely done. He won the Riddler Award in 2002, 2003, 2004, 2015, and he's been to MotorX and had a draw-off with Barry Paul, the AFL legend. So there you go. You got that one? All right. It is 1-0. Telfo, we're up to question three or four, but it's three now because we got rid of one. <laughs> we're all Smith here, mate. Don't worry about that. What's a slick year? operation. This is totally slick. This is totally slick. 
Maybe if we get some more of that other budget, we can make it a bit better. Get a couple more lights. And... It's not happening. All right. All right. Cool. Question four. What year three? What year was Mad Max two released? Street. Telfo. Nineteen eighty two. Wrong. Damn it. Eighty four. Wrong. This is this Eighty eighty eight. No. Nineteen eighty one. Late. Yeah, not that late. <sighs> All right, we've got two questions left. Close. Close, close. Two questions left. It's 1-0. It's a big H. Two questions left. All right. For the streety team, mate. Come on, Telfo. Get in there. All right, ready? Question. Whatever it is. The line, Green is nice, is from which Australian film? Straight. Telfo. And now I've gone blank. It's the that's, running that's, on empty. That's, 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 this is it. This is for Street Machine vs. Summonats. All right, boys? Ready? All right. Ready. What album was released first? Green Day's Dookie or The Offspring's Smash? That's... Adrian. Smash. No. It wasn't, was it? It was Dookie. Yeah, it was 93. <laughs> no. Dookie... Was released in Feb '94, and Smash was yeah. released in 1994, April '94. What a time to be Two awesome albums. We're so who wins? We're all out of questions. You win. Well, it's one all. Got, That's right. You got a tiebreaker, mate. Come on. Tiebreaker. All right. Hang on. Hang on. I'll have to cut it out because I've got another question. All right. Final question. You ready? Yep. yep. What year was In Excess's biggest album kick? Released. Straight. Telf. 1987. You win, mate. Michael will be proud. Oh. Mm. How good. Memories of my year 10 formal. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you want to sing us one of the tunes, mate? Tropicana Goondags. <laughs> oh, year, te- year 10 or last week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm drunk goon for years. Straight out of the bag. Yep, straight off the clothesline. Would you, straight off the clothesline. And Close then pegs. warm at the beach later. Right of the hills hoist, eh? Yeah. Good old hills hoist. They're not around anymore. Everyone used to use the bloody dryer these days. So <laughs> skinny, that's why skinny jeans, they weren't a thing. They were made in the dryer. Everyone carries them like some dryer. Hey, mate. True. Everyone got lazy. Started putting everything in the dryer. But that's it. That mm-hmm. concludes Mad Quiz Battle. Woo. Good Tell job, you through to the big final, mate. Where you'll receive Thanks, the world's best prize. And battle up Good luck you. winning stuff I'm paying for. Yay! <laughs> like, I think a $500,000 voucher to Maskell's Restorations would be good. Start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you, have you already got a car half finished there? Uh, <laughs> I've got one ready to go. Mad. Mad. All right, thanks, Delph. Thanks, right. Adrian. Thanks, Peace out. You got it. All right, we'll catch you after. See ya. <laughs> you related to that Nats What I Reckon guy? No. See what you guys get on. He's, uh, he's, he's super famous, mate. I'm a nobody. He's a good unit. He did a great job of summon that's what I reckon. The cars go, what a da 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 bang. That's how they go. <laughs> they do it summon it's. Love this look, Jay Benz. It's awesome. What happened so hard for me to come up with a question? You're great at this. Uh... <laughs>
Welcome back, Podcast 5. We're doing the body work. How are you, Rach? Hey, good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So this week, uh, or last week, we finished off. We've, we've sourced all our panels. We've got them all laid out. That's like this big Lego puzzle to put back together, right? So The fun part. Yeah, so right, start on the body. Um, obviously, start wherever it needs to, but you'd, you'd be doing the, the panels and that first, correct? Definitely. Everything's pulled apart. Take everything apart, see what you're working with. Uh, you've got your panels. Do you want to start with uh, lining up? I was always taught uh, you're starting from the back to the front for okay. doing what you need to get done. That was just the way I was taught. Uh, obviously, everyone does everything differently. Uh, so for lining, lining things up and working Working on gapping, uh, gapping is very important. You want to align all of your panels, especially if you're getting new panels in from, say, rares or something like that. You want to make sure everything fits. So you're doing all your body work. You want to make sure that you're using. Right, so I'll, I'll pull you up on something there because it, it's something that's yep. pretty close to my heart. And, and I've heard a lot of people complain about, oh, this panel doesn't fit and, and um, I've got this and that. And I'm thinking that. Stop complaining, you guys. <clears throat> How fortunate are we to have a company like Rares that will make a panel, and even if you've got to spend a day gapping it, so what? It doesn't really matter. But we, I think we're so fortunate to be able to source all those types of panels, don't you reckon? Oh, God, it's nothing better than going on the internet or even going into there and seeing in a catalogue that that part you've been chasing that you've never thought you'd be able to get yeah. is, like, right there in front of you. I even had to have my quarter panels and my XP, like, handmade uh, to both sides and I'm yeah. like yeah cool do it I don't care how long it takes I'm just I am so grateful that you can make them yeah yeah no I agree it's really important so when you're gapping a vehicle or would you expect um to go around that with a with like a spacer or something to just pick those gaps are the same all the way around is that how you would do that yeah I've seen lots of people doing it in different ways some some people would use I've seen lots of different invented tools literally from like people just putting piles of sandpaper and just having it the perfect width and just using that for the whole build but then there's actually gapping tools these days that you can buy uh, and it will have all the the millimeters of where you want your gaps to be and whatnot and you know some of these cars built from factory weren't actually gapped the nicest as they are so have you, have you ever you know, worked on a 57 chair <laughs> Ooh, oh, look at this thing this thing <laughs> <laughs> bulgy panels gaps are, yeah from yeah. the factory so yeah i've got i've got pillow doors <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah so yeah. you know compromise sometimes is a good thing if you're doing like i'm this is just a streeter so it's not a street elite but no, no, nice as it is but you know gapping is very important, so if, you know, when it comes to... It is important. It's a really important step, isn't it? Because yes. it's something, especially um, you as a judge, looking at that vehicle, it's something that really stands out, isn't it? If it's, it, it's, if it's wide at the top or, or, you know, narrower somewhere or doesn't, or they, they, they don't sit flat, flush together, it really yeah. stands out, doesn't it? God, it stands out so much. It's just one of those things, no matter what colour your car is, even if you've got a dark car that you think your gaps are hidden and everything like that, it stands out. And having a nice, like, this is where the body work is very important, having those gaps all the way. When you're blocking down a car, you're going to be blocking into the next panel and hitting a panel. You want those nice, big, straight lines and, like, nothing bulging. You want to cut everything and just no wobbles, no anything. So when it comes to it, gapping is very important. That's a good point you made there. I like uh, again, I've learned so much over the over the years. We used to block um, each panel individually. Well, now you're going to block if you don't do it in the filler. You're definitely going to do it in the primer. You're going to be blocking that, that whole side of that vehicle as as a whole, not as panel by panel by panel, aren't you? Definitely. And I think the most important thing that's always stuck with me through the last 17 years is the fact that every stage of your build is a chance to have a really nice dead flat car. If you just wait, oh, God, I'll get that with paint. Like start no. from like your metal surface, start yep. from your epoxy, your polys, your, your fillers, uh, anything that you do, it all, it all can be helped at the end. Don't try and get a wiggle out at the very end when you're buffing. You want, you know, you want dead straight panels to start with because a dead straight panel to start with when you're doing your body work means that your paint work, you have to less effort. Everything you go on your life at the start, like the end, be very just effortless. Yeah. And do you, um, after you do your, your filler work, would you uh, probably re-epoxy re that because you're going to have bare metal and that all over? But then do you use a, a high-fill primer or are you um, a polyester, polyester girl? 
<laughs> polyester girl. I do love polyester. <laughs> I do love it. Uh, it's the old, the old spray bog. It's amazing. Uh, the fact that it, you know, like I've done jobs with high build, it just depends on the type of job and how bad the panels are, what you're really working with. If I'm, if I wanted to do a black, big, big black dark car or something like that, and I want those panels dead straight, I'll chuck poly on there because most of the time you're putting poly on and you're blocking near most of it off. And then, then you're what going to you'll have is you'll make sure it's sealed off underneath, correct? Always, yes. always. Like when you're looking at it, like you, your most important thing is like find your materials in your bodywork that are definitely corrosion prohibitors and whatnot. You want, you want all that from the start because you don't want to get to the end and then find out it's just going to like start bubbling off later on. So protect the metal and everything else under. Don't don't do your bog work or filler work or anything like that and just leave it outside or like leave it under right. a carport and like that. Just don't don't think that moisture can't get into your car because it can and it will. Absolutely. Yeah. I've seen some horrific, horrific jobs over the years with poly, but it's, it's usually because they, well, obviously polys have come a long way from where they were in the past, but they also, um, you've just got to make sure it's sealed off underneath. And, and when I'm doing training, the one thing I always say is that you wouldn't build a, you wouldn't build a house on a, on a sand foundation. So you're not going to do a paint job on a, on a crap foundation. You've got to have a, that's, that is the foundation. Uh, it's got to be solid to build your, to put your paint on, eh? Definitely. And you want to give everything enough time to dry and do all the yes. gassing out and whatnot because if you start sealing anything off and you're just trapping and trapping and trapping, it'll let go again or it'll sink back and you're just creating yourself more issues. So, yeah, just follow the guidelines of everything and yeah, always talk to your professionals about getting the right products and the right things for each stage. Yeah. Don't feel embarrassed about asking because the best way to know everything is just ask. We all did it. So I agree. I, like, I've been um, in this industry for over well over 40 years and, and I, I do training now and I learn something every day. It can be off that youngest 17-year-old apprentice. It just doesn't matter. So, yeah, yeah. ask the question. There is no such thing as a stupid question in our industry, is there? Nah, not at all. I've asked plenty of silly questions and like, you know, sometimes they go, wow, I never even thought of that, but they're not. Yeah. They're like, if I don't say it, I'll be, I'll be silly for not asking it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we've got that, uh, we've got that epoxy, we've got the filler in and we've uh, got that vehicle um, pretty much ready for, for final primer and bog. So we'll go through that uh, and spray bog. So we'll go through that next week, eh? Sounds good. Thanks again, Rach. As always, you're awesome. You're better. That's it for episode five, pretty much. Bit of a wrap-up. Glenn Jennings, what a guy, honestly. Yeah, what a great guy. He had some amazing cars, as you heard there, and and uh, a lot of people around him, a lot of friends came and supported him at the loss in the 50s and kept the maintenance up and kept the cars in, in tip-top shape there. And uh, just some of the people he knows is amazing and he's so well-connected but still such a humble guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he seemed like I was... He seems like he's lived a hundred lives. Like he's just got so many stories. He, I feel like we could just talk to him forever. And no doubt, people from our scene you might not know him from being at someone that's front and center. But he's obviously had that museum in Newcastle, and he's done so many things with cars. He's just a super, super car guy. There's so many, so many passionate car guys out there. Yeah, I actually, I had so many things I wanted to ask him, and so many interesting things. Yeah. We could do that all again, you know, like definitely. Some of the, and, I was I was in the states, you know, several times, and I'd be at a show. We used to have our, our wheel stand at the show, and turn around and his jet over your eye, be going through. And, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just buying up three or four cars, or I'm going to the, going down the auctions at Phoenix at, at Scottsdale, and and he'd uh, put some cars through. Yeah, just a, an incredible guy, great guy. 
And Tim, he's he's uh, he obviously yeah. manages Tim, and Tim's fighting tomorrow night. So look forward to that. Yeah, that's going to be a great fight. And look, and he, as as we mentioned through a couple of times throughout this podcast, is that he actually is really looking out for him. So he uh, really likes him, loves his dad. Was really close with Costa, and so it was. Yeah, they just got a great. It's almost a father son relationship. Yep, absolutely. All right, just to go over events before we go. Obviously, someone at Slam's coming up. Don't forget to get your tickies, tickies, <laughs> your tickies. Get your ticket tickets for someone at Slam spectators. And, yes, get them. And that's you all cannot, that's left. You cannot get them at the gate. Is gone. No, gone. that's right. And there's no entrance. There's absolutely no. no entrance. I've been trying to get a couple of people in this week, and that all, all falls. So if you can't yes. get them in, mate, if you can't pull some pull some strings exactly. to get them in, nobody's getting in. <laughs> no, nah, so nah, we're done. And you can't get spectator tickets at the gates, so you got to get them online. So get there and get them because if they they will sell out too. And once they're gone, that's yeah, it. They're gone. Rev Rock and Roll, Rare Spares, Rev Rock and Roll in March. Entries and tickets are on sale for that now. Sorry, just entries are on ticket for that. The little birdie in my ear again. <laughs> spectator tickets for that are coming in January. Yeah, and again, that's going to be a great event. I've just been inundated even today with uh, people wanting to enter but also new cars unveiled cars so there'll be quite a few unveils at motorex early february but i can yeah. there's going to be quite a few not so much left over but they just won't be finished for motorex i reckon we'll have could have up between 10 and 15 brand new unveiled cars for our show in canberra Remember? absolutely and that and also motorex how can we forget yeah. motorex absolutely what people are, the, the, i can't you probably can but i can't <laughs> <laughs> i haven't forgotten mate i'll be there don't worry with bells on no uh, it's going to be great. And look, it's a little bit, it's not so much unfortunate. It's just that the times we live in, we're not having the 2020, which we invited the past superstars winners back. Yeah. We're not having that for this event because we're limited on, on entrance and we're limited on spectators. It's still going to be a big event. and But it wouldn't get the, it just wouldn't get the real the hype or to get where we should go. So we're going to leave that for our next event and we'll, of all the invite all the past superstars. It's still going to be. It's still going to be. Oh, it's going to be. It's still going to be great. We're, we're still going to have twenty five superstars, and we're still going to. We've got all the muscle cars. We've got a whole lot of other stuff going. So I've seen a few cars that are that are getting built that are going to be unveiled, and I can tell you, like obviously, we you know we can't talk about them, but man, <laughs> we can talk a little bit, and we're actually going to have a have a whole haul. Yeah. Of brand new unveiled cars. I I believe we'll have probably between twenty five and thirty. So we're going to unveil up. Oh, of new cars. How good's that? <laughs> That's awesome, mate. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, don't forget to get your merch on summonats.com.au as well. There's plenty of new Slam Burnout Masters merch. There's old school uh, Summonats merch still on there. There's some new stuff, new styles. Get on there, summonats.com.au and get your merch. This is the show. That's the podcast done. Thanks, everybody, for staying around listening. We really appreciate it. If, you can, if you're not a subscriber or if you're on the YouTube channel, please click subscribe. Webby would love that. I'd like it if you could click the like button. <laughs> if you're on Facebook, and give us a like, give us a share. And thanks, Burson Garage again. Fantastic. Absolutely. All right, that's it for episode five. This is the Burson Garage HP HQ podcast. We've got to thank Burson for their involvement. Thank you very what much. a great company that they're doing great things in the trade, you know, all sorts of stuff. So make sure you guys get out there and support them. Absolutely, because they are supporting the show. Awesome. Yeah. All right. See you guys. Cheers, mate. Next Cheers. Tuesday. Cheers, mate. See ya. See ya.